Good morning, Sean. Good morning, John. We have recently been talking about how you train your dog, your pet dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it comes up. Yeah, it comes up. And we've talked about it in the past, too, especially in the context of insights that be, can be gained into training in general and education. And uh, one topic that came up, one issue that came up is, you know, we, we were talking about some of the problems that you're facing, facing some of the challenges. And it became pretty clear that, that one of the central issues is the issue of control, right? And control, to me, you know, and, and we'll, let's discuss this to see if this is something that you know, rings true for you too. I think I realized that so much about school that we've been criticizing, uh, and we've been talking about the needs of the institution, the, the ego of the institution, and and the conflict or the tension between the individual and society. And a lot of it comes down to how much we're trying to control the child or the student in the school. Sure. Yeah. So do you want? So, yeah. Yeah. The the. <laughs> Uh, the things that uh, I think we, the things we talked about that'll be, you know, sort of, <laughs> so, so we understand that we're not, com like, it's important to, <laughs> to clarify from the outset that I don't really like draw uh, too much insight from uh, how to educate, uh, how to be a teacher versus in looking at my experiences as like training a dog. It's it's quite the reverse. The, the right. struggle I, I have is, is that, when I approach teaching, uh, I approach it in a in a way that I consider like humane and right. uh, considerate of the whole being that right. I'm confronted with. Uh, whereas with the dog, it feels like my efforts tend sort of default that way, uh, but the dog seems to not really respond all that well to anything that <laughs> that looks like right. egalitarian or, right, or, <laughs> or in the way that you need it to you need right, the doctors, right 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 yeah. like it it's like uh and, and i and i and i think of it in terms of also like my uh with my with my older daughter it's like i have a you know perfectly fine i think relationship in terms of I'm clearly the authority it's not like i'm avoiding taking on the the role of authority it's just that the way you approach it with a human uh, is is you, you're sort of like I feel like I'm always setting up a uh, a relationship where that person is able to escape. There, right. There's paths, you know. There's pathways away from authority to like individual choice. Right. Um, whereas, like, it seems like with a dog, what you really want to do, especially when you're living in a city. And you can't really afford uh, too much bad behavior before people start complaining. Uh, you really don't want that dog to to make certain choices or to ever feel like it can make certain choices without, right? You know. So, can you describe specifically some of the challenges that you face as a dog owner? Yeah, sure. And I, and I, I think I think I <laughs> let me let me start off by saying things that I think all dog owners can appreciate yeah which is uh you you uh, a, a dog has like energy that's specifically like well i mean it's it has energy especially when it's a puppy and it needs to be like you have to be a, aware of how to uh let that dog express its energy appropriately uh -huh. and uh, and if you know if you don't then it's going to come out in in ways that might seem like uh, you know, unfriendly. Like, for instance, right. this dog I have now is a, a year old now, uh, and still very much a puppy, lab mix puppy. A friendly dog has never, like, done anything aggressive, uh, like, physically aggressive towards any other dog or any other person. But, mm -hmm. but man, when she sees, like, a, a dog out the window... Or if she sees a dog, if she happens to have gotten out or something and sees a yeah. dog, she'll run up to that dog or, or, or maybe a jogger or some, you know, some, something that's moving in a way that's active. Right. And she doesn't, you, you know, people who aren't used to dogs won't know what's the intent of this dog that's like <laughs> sprinting <laughs> right. at it full speed, you know, right. and other dogs generally get it, except other dogs generally are on a leash. They're in sort of a different like situation and they're not in like 
a play mode. And so right. I have this dog that yeah has a lot of energy, wants to play, uh, doesn't always know how to express itself appropriately. Uh, I've... <laughs> That's the, the, the teacher yeah. <laughs> the teacher perspective. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so I so I so I've you know, I've <laughs> I've come to and I you know, I've read I've read but this is my you know, I've I've had several dogs as an adult, but yeah. But I'm trying to really do well with this dog. I've read a couple of books. Uh and I've gone to you, of course, who's <laughs> never owned a dog, I guess, right. as an adult. Yeah, not. A, I've never been responsible for a dog. You've never been way. responsible for <laughs> yeah. your dog. But yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get through this. Yeah, and uh, and so that's you know that's that's where we're starting out with, and, uh, and of course, when you read books, you get a lot of ideas. Uh, but I think the. Uh, I've sort of lost where we're going, but I think the thing that I, I liked about bringing it to you is, is you <laughs> you immediately asked, well, the first thing we have to consider is whether or not it's ethical to domesticate a dog, <laughs> <laughs> right? And uh, because you're when you know when we discuss it and you express the conflict that you're having, it's it's about the the ethics of it. Right, 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 yeah. It's, it's like, how do I control this dog perfectly? Right, yeah. yeah. And and also, I think when you consider different me- ways of controlling your dog, um, there in the dog-owning world, there are different perspectives on what's ethical, what's not ethical, um, you know, to, ethical ways to, to train a dog and, and, right. and all of that. And, and so I just, wanted, I just pointed out that, well, anyone who's – you know, talking about the ethics of dog training should first consider that because this training that needs to happen, you know, like when you say that your dog is not expressing itself appropriately, what we're talking about is is the, the dog behavior in the context of, uh, you know, a human environment. Right, right. Right. And, uh, and so that's why, you know, I'm saying because this training that, or let's say, going back to control, right? So, so the problem that you're faced with is the need to exert some control over the dog, um, at least, you know, I guess ideally or theoretically, the idea is to exert that control with a lot of intensity early on. And then if the dog becomes properly trained, then the dog will control itself through its training, right? Like that control would, would be internalized and the dog would just, um, you know, the behavior of the dog would, would match your expectations and, and the needs and, and the expectations of, of the humans around. Right. Well, and, and to give like a really simple like example yeah uh, like my brother he has a he has a, a a dog that um he can walk it without a leash it's a it's a big dog it's you know 50 60 pound dog yeah uh it can see a squirrel it, it will not chase the squirrel it, it doesn't even care you know it's like <laughs> it's, it's yeah. totally it's totally in tune with what my brother wants you know yeah <laughs> at, at, at any given moment really where it's yeah. like like you know, they're like, uh, and, and my dog sees a squirrel, then we're you know we're gonna have a conversation about, about <laughs> right <laughs> about what's appropriate in the human world, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, uh, yeah, so that's the yeah that's a that's a basic challenge, and and uh, and and the the approaches generally I would say in the dog world, regardless of like how exactly you approach it the approach is always to like evaluate the relationship that you have with your dog right you know make sure that you're setting yourself up as the the authority make sure that you're uh making it a positive relationship for the dog so that the dog's rewarded for uh, uh for compliance right. right for um but but yeah it's like uh but there's also like clearly a lot of thoughts about well, there's a lot of there's a lot of different like you know approaches, um, but one that we got talking about that was I think the most interesting for today's conversation is the uh, the approach where uh, you utilize what's called an e collar now, <laughs> right. and what used to be called a shock collar. Yeah, and uh, this is a collar that you can put on your dog, and it will deliver an electrical charge. Right, uh, and it will signal to the dog, and, and the the main purpose of it is is to signal to the dog that 
it needs to stop doing what it's doing right, right now. And uh, uh, it, of course, comes with uh, all sorts of uh, in attempts to uh, uh, to make sure that you're like anyone in the e-collar world. So there's this, this bit of a debate out there. But anyone in the e-collar world is going to tell you this is about helping the dog understand more clearly. Yeah. Whereas there's, of course, there's, that's the other side of it. It's like you start the talking opponents. about shocking someone. Right. Or shocking a, a, another being, then you you know then there's this other side of it where people are going to say, well, is this you know is this it's a, cruelty a, to animals? Yeah, is this cruelty? Yeah, right, right, yeah. And this um, particularly when you were looking into this and researching, basically researching the different options, and and this is one that that you found. And we were discussing this, and and it occurred to me, you know, in in that that I guess the most charitable view of that is like I think what probably the e-collar uh, proponents probably say is that you're protecting your dog through this small, you know, like relatively um, small harm, which is not even a, necessarily like a lasting physical harm. It's just a temporary, you know, uh, pain or, or shock or whatever from behaviors that will lead to its, you know, um, you know, even and possibly like uh, needing to be like... Uh, euthanized or something right like like right, right. like behaviors that that in the human society are so unacceptable and so problematic right uh, that they could lead to you know uh, harm for the dog itself uh you know possibly you know um being sued by others for you know for you as the owner so it could lead to significant harm yeah these behaviors so it's not just for example someone might think of that and say well just because the dog's not doing things you like you know now you want to control it with this but but there's a bigger picture or, or more significant kind of um, harm that can come from those behaviors. And um, so in this, to me, this is the area that's really interesting is, is not talking about, you know, wanting a dog to just do whatever you say or, you know, do tricks you know, or something like right, that, right. like do uh, um, superfluous kind of behaviors. But, but this real question of keeping your, your dog out of harm, you know, out of right. you know, self, what I, I think of as self-destructive behavior, which I guess is a fair description of it. Uh, although I, I think normally we apply that to, you know, it's usually when the person is some, somewhat conscious or the being is somewhat conscious that, that this thing is <laughs> right, bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, you know, I think you it's could call it a type of self-destruction. the context that the dog right. finds itself. You know? Yeah. Uh, so in that way, you know, it, it kind of makes a lot more sense why a person would resort to that if the situation that they're looking at is basically fearing that what's going to happen you know, today or tomorrow, what what kind of um, trouble is is the dog going to get itself into? Um, you know, and how can I prevent that from happening? Right, right. Um, and and so what's what was interesting to me is like a parallel between this um, motivation, right? Like this identification of a need and what we do in school. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that, and that's and that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's what today's topic is about. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh it's and and I think this is uh this is so appropriate too because it's uh, I I'd mentioned to you in in our pre-conversation that uh, I don't know why but you know my my tendency to when I go to into dog training to think of it in terms of education is like maybe it's, it's a little bit nonsensical because with the dog, mm -hmm. I'm clearly training it, but I, you know, you pointed out that like, well, what we're doing, <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like, if you look at larger, you know, from a step back a little, a, a little about what we're doing or, you know, from um, a certain perspective, we are, we're just training humans in a, in a way that's, it's very similar to, right. to how you might train a dog. Right. Uh, it's just we use different mechanisms. We have different. Right. Yeah. We don't have the e collar, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But we do have mechanisms uh, that, and, that yeah. serve the same the same function. Right. And and I think this also helps us to see another uh, interesting distinction, which is that the with the dog, you're we're focused on behavior, right? Like like pure behavior. Right. And 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 it's like these very simple and identifiable problem behaviors, like you, like you were mentioning, just running off, right? Uh, right. Chasing after after people or other animals, um, uh, probably greeting <laughs> human beings or other animals in an inappropriate way, which I guess it's kind of like that, like 
jumping on them or whatever, like doing things that are playing in an, in a way that's that you know for human beings is um, annoying or, or considered you know right uh, kind of aggressive. Yes, and those kinds of things. Which if the dog were being trained by its pack, right in a in a natural just dog. Um, like a dog pack. Dog pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in exactly. The wild, right. Yeah, in the wild, right. But in yeah. a dog society, yeah. then probably a lot of those behaviors that are problematic in the human society would not be problematic in that society. And probably the, the dog would still have to go through some, you know, uh, process of training and uh, learning, you know, behaviors and and whichever dogs i guess and i'm talking like you know i'm the dog whisperer or something <laughs> but correct me you know based on your reading this is what i'm just imagining this is how it is I, i've read i've yeah. read this book too, so. <laughs> okay but i i imagine you know based on the nature shows that i've watched you know right stuff, yeah this, 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 stuff yeah. is that you know newborn you know or young members of of a animal pack or you know or herd they also go through some process of learning the behaviors that are appropriate or for their survival, basically, and thriving of, of the pack. And um, now what, the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because we're not saying like with, with human beings, with human students, there are times when school focuses a lot on very simple behaviors, right? Like, but I think those are, you know, under normal circumstances, those are not the, that's not really what we're focused on, really. You know, normally we're not just always trying to keep kids from fighting each other, you know, physically and, and um, you know, just doing, uh, engaging in behavior that's, that's inappropriate, right? Although <laughs> that's there. I'm not saying that. Right. But, but typically the, the sort of general behaviors in human society that are expected and appropriate, uh, you don't need school for those, I would say. Like people generally, you know, if their family, you know, children are taken care of by their family and, you know, uh, everything they learn those things and 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 it doesn't require school right for for example to learn how to greet people appropriately how to you know um, play appropriately you know right. and and those kinds of things um it requires experience but not experience school. right because right. it's natural right for right. a human to learn human behavior is a natural thing just like for a dog to learn dog behavior right. is a natural thing but it's because we have the dogs in this you could say this environment that's not natural for them that they have there have to, there has to be this special effort you know for training right. and so i i think the equivalent to that in school is not behavior necessarily uh it's it, to me it has more to do with the uh what we identify as the knowledge and skills that they they need to have to be successful adults right so it's more it has more to do with the the, the curriculum the academics also maybe the attitudes towards things uh that they have what do you think of that distinction? So it's your turn to talk, Sean. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking too much. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate because you, yeah, I'm trying to gather, uh, gather the thoughts here. Yeah. Well, we did, you know, just to uh, kind of give you a, a way to go if you're interested, is we've, we talked about in preparing for this conversation about the difference between conventional boundaries yeah. and and natural boundaries. And this so this is an example of that is that like I would say for humans the human general human behavior is a kind of natural boundary that's there, right? That that doesn't require like special training to to be made aware of those boundaries. And I, right. like just for dogs in a natural in the wild, you know, uh, in a natural environment, probably the boundaries of dog behavior, natural dog behavior don't require special training. They just it just happens um you know in a in a kind of organic way. Yeah. Uh, but like for a dog to learn the proper behavior in a human society requires a special effort because these are conventional boundaries. They're human conventions, in fact, that the dog is not naturally equipped to um, in any way to understand or to recognize or to, you know, value. Right. <laughs> like, right. like that's why they have to be done in this way where um, it's completely depending on your like the dog receiving some reward for it, for example, or punishment. Right, because the, I don't think the dog probably ever really associates these behaviors like uh, in whatever whatever capacity dogs have for like preferring <laughs> things. Right, essentially, right. I, I don't. I just don't think that probably these ever rise to that level with you know in the dog <laughs> that they yeah. start valuing these these etiquettes. You know, right, right. The, the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> restraining restraining itself from chasing the squirrel. Uh, a dog that does that's probably 
happy that he pleases the owner, right? Not so right. much that he's, he's <laughs> so he considers that a yeah noble act, <laughs> right? <laughs> of self restraint, <laughs> live and right. let live, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I, um, well, and I think the uh, this maybe isn't exactly the where you you were thinking I would go, but I think the thing worth considering as well is is that. Uh, a lot of trainers, a lot of dog trainers point out that uh, the human also has to like come to terms with the conventions, the natural uh, situation of a dog and what a right. dog can and cannot understand. Right, right. Right. And so there's there's a little bit of that going on as well. And that's, you know, I, I think that's why the, the conversation in dog training world is very much uh, concerned with having this appropriate relationship it's like you right. can't entirely expect the dog to uh, to adopt the conventions of uh, that are completely artificial to it mm-hmm. uh, unless you understand how you know how the dog's situation would be uh, naturally yeah so uh no that's a really interesting point yeah so it's like um understanding the mind of the dog in order to uh, effectively know how to to train the dog in a, in, a, in a way where it will uh, observe these boundaries or, right. you know, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, so I, I, yeah, I, go what ahead. I want, <laughs> I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get back to the e-collar and some of the more interesting aspects to that, but I feel like we, I, we haven't quite made that connection strong enough yet. Right, yeah. Uh, or have so talk, we? Should I don't know, I'm not sure. It? Yeah, talk about the e-collar. So, like, yeah, why would someone okay. use? Why would someone get to the point where they're considering the e-collar? Yeah, well, I, I think that you, you'd mentioned earlier that the reason a person, the proper reason, I think a person would get there, <laughs> where a person's <laughs> like clearly not trying to harm the animal, right. is is because the person's having trouble communicating uh, appropriate uh, behavior expectations, and and you just you can't have. You, you know, for instance, you can't have a dog running across an interstate <laughs> right. highway. If it, you know, if you're living next to a busy road or something, there's certain things where uh, even if you're not worried about your dog hurting someone else, it's it's about the dog, uh, the dog's energy, uh, putting the dog in a dangerous situation. Right. And the e-collar gives a, you know, a, a tool for communicating uh, what is it, uh, what is uh unacceptable you know what what do you need to stop doing <laughs> at certain <laughs> right. moments right and uh, you know and t- t- teachers <clears throat> i've certainly heard plenty of teachers joke about having little shock uh <laughs> shocking devices on, on on their students uh it's it's like the the beginning of ghostbusters uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> the, the little experiment with it uh but the uh the the thing that I wanted to talk about is if you do the the e collar the uh, the thing that you have to do that to, to be really careful about is of making sure that the dog doesn't understand what the e collar does. So uh, it's called being collar wise. Right. You don't want the dog to be collar wise, like e collar right. wise. Yeah. So you're trying to manage an ignorance. Like really carefully, and this is yeah. this is the thing I thought was most like interesting and, and pertinent to to our our larger conversation, mm-hmm. because if the dog understands what the e collar is doing, then the dog's going to understand that when that collar's on, then it cannot behave in certain ways. But when that collar is off, it can behave in certain ways. Right. And so if that ignorance isn't man, and so. And so, first of all, the e, all the I'm going to try to give the best. N- not that anyone listens to the podcast, but <laughs> try to make sure that like all e collar people, I that 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 they believe in like minimal corrections. Like you know, you 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 need to be set up in your training so that you are uh, about to you know you're going to deliver very few, if any, corrections. Right. You know, this right. is a purely a a, a, a safeguard against. Uh, uh, behavior that you just have to control at the moment but right. um it's but a last yeah. resort kind yeah of it's thing. a last Even, resort yeah. but 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 they will say you need to have your dog wearing that you're not supposed to have the dog wear the e-collar too much because it, you know it has you know electrodes that are you know going into its skin not mm-hmm. into it but like pressing against it right and so uh but they do say you need to have the dog wear the collar 
quite often so that the dog never associate it, it and has just you know days days weeks maybe months uh just where it's you know it'll have a few hours where it's wearing that thing and it doesn't think anything of it yeah it's it, you know it's not aware that it's a, a the thing that could possibly deliver a correction so so you got to keep your dog really from becoming wise <laughs> <laughs> right in order for the e-collar to work at its best yeah and, and so and i get that and again like so this is not like criticism against like e-collar training for dogs but it is an interesting thing that uh, I thought might parallel with our uh, what what in what ways do we try to keep like students like in our larger system of 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 trying to manage student behaviors in what ways do we manage their ignorance so that they're not aware of what they're being subjected to potentially right. subjected to yeah one thing that that comes to my mind is um you know in in school there's a there's a common refrain that you hear from from adults is um if students don't seem to be valuing something enough or or paying attention to something enough, giving importance to it, like turning in their work on time, for example, or, or right. coming, to, coming to class on time or... Yeah, punctuality. Putting, yeah, yeah or, or like, you know, putting in their best effort, right, instead of just um, uh, trying to think of an appropriate term for the, the behavior, you know, just doing something halfway. <laughs> right. Right. And um, so a lot of times, you know, what we teachers say or adults say to them is when you get when you get in the real world right you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or like when you know at, at every level there's a version of this so if they're in elementary school you know and maybe at the close to the end of it in fifth grade they say when you get to junior high or you <laughs> when you get to middle school right you know your teacher's not gonna not going to accept this right this doesn't this doesn't fly in in middle school or like when they're in middle school, like when you get to yeah. high school, you know, you your teacher's not going to accept late work anymore. <laughs> right. Or like if they're in high school, you know, when you get to the real world when or when you get college. to college. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I've done it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so guilty of this. But, but yeah. It's, so one kind of game that that we play is is we act like the situation that the students are currently in in school is an easier, more forgiving uh, situation than what they're going to right. right in the future, in the near future, and we're saying you need to fix this about yourself, or you're going to regret it. You know, uh, in the in the near future, and um, and unfortunately, I, I think that I think this is it's it's relatively effective. I think that's why you know teachers keep using it. But I think after the fact, it does lead to some cynicism, yeah, uh, you know, and some disillusionment with with that whole system and and being kind of played that way because you realize it's not true, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, when people keep using that with you, probably by the time uh, students get into high school, it has begun losing its its effectiveness. But still, because what, cause they don't really know what's coming, right? They don't have that experience of being in college. And so they have right. to depend on the adults to, to tell them, right? right? And it, it's, um, now it, there's obviously some, ways in which this is not similar to the to the um, training of a dog and especially the, the e-collar, but there is a way in which it is similar, which is that I think the the reason why you need to develop such a, a relationship with with uh, with a dog that it does things because of its relationship with you is because you as the human, you can understand what dangers are out there for a dog in the human world, right? And um, And the dog can't understand those things you know the dog may have a sense of what dangers are there in in the in the wild right like what kinds of um you know whatever if dogs have any natural predators or anything like that i don't know but uh but anyway like there surely are some things that dogs have to take into account <laughs> right yeah, to survive they, they certainly have, yeah they, they certainly have instincts right instincts right yeah, yeah. For, for their own you know self-preservation but they don't have these instincts for self-preservation in, in a human society necessarily. Maybe some things overlap. So the, with the students, we're telling them, look, you don't, obviously you don't have the right instincts, right, for, for what you're going to need to prevent harm to yourself at that later stage of your life. And so therefore, I'm here to tell you what those things are, and you need to trust me, and you need to do what, I, what I'm saying um, for your own good, right, to protect yourself. And right. We use this this disadvantage, you know, 
or this advantage that we have, disadvantage that they have to control them, right? And um, you know, it doesn't normally, it doesn't require a shock collar. <laughs> Although some teachers, like you mentioned, would, would you know, would probably not mind having that in their tool no. bag. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, it, do, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, but but it is like it's similar from the standpoint of uh, also from like you don't know when or where the correction is going to come from. Right. And you might not even be entirely sure, like, uh, like as, as a young person, how to connect the correction uh, to your behavior that right. felt like, yeah, your behavior, you know, might've felt perfectly fine. <laughs> right. You're, yeah. You're, uh, and then you get this correction of like, stop doing that immediately. Uh, and you might be surprised, like right. you, entirely surprised by that. And I feel you told, like that's, you, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I told, no, go ahead. You told me a story uh, sometime back about being in, uh, I don't remember which grade you said, but in elementary school, and uh, you received a correction. I don't, do you know yeah. what I'm referring to? <laughs> <The bean. laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, can you tell that oh my story? God. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about the beans. Uh, so this is in my uh, elementary school years. I think I believe it was second grade, but I don't know. It was first or second grade, but I can tell you exactly what the bean situation was. Is uh, we all had these little, <laughs> I think they were like prescription pill bottles uh-huh. uh, that we were trying to fill up with beans. Uh, and you got beans like a bean, like you got like a dried pinto bean every day that you didn't have any corrections. Uh-huh. Uh, and every time you got five of those pinto beans, you could trade it in for a silver painted pinto bean. <laughs> wow, that's, that's complicated. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then every time you got five silver pinto beans, you could <laughs> turn it in for a gold painted lima bean. Right? And, <laughs> and, and so, I mean, this was like, for me at that age, I was like, I, I'm, you know, I'm seeing five days in a week and I'm like, calculating you know how many, <laughs> how many how many gold silver and like plain beans can i have by the end of the year yeah and uh, uh i was like really i thought a well-behaved kid <laughs> i was playing this game i understood the rules uh and uh and i had my little my little container. It's funny because you you don't really you can't really have kids walking around with prescription pill <laughs> containers now. But I feel like that's right. what they were. Yeah. There was something very similar to that, uh, and uh, and so you had to have it on you, right? You had a you were expected <laughs> to have this thing, you know, in your little I, I guess cubby hole or whatever you have in elementary yeah. school, and and I remember we were like coming into class and i i remember like four things from pre-teen and this is <laughs> yeah. this is one of them <laughs> and uh, uh we were coming into class and uh there was something that was generating some excitement and like there was some pushing going on like people were trying to get to their desks for something i don't know yeah maybe a birthday celebration or something and so like i remember like trying to just like avoid the fray you know everyone was and and i was excited too and i was just like skipping around to to get to my desk in another path and like i thought i was taking like the smart option by avoiding (laughs) all the like (laughs) this action in the middle of the room right yeah and uh and yeah and the the teacher is like sean Give me a bean, <laughs> you know. I was, I was oh like, man! What? <laughs> and there goes my there goes my perfect. You know, every Friday I get a silver bean. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Every fifth, yeah. It, not that it would have worked out with you know holidays and everything. <laughs> right. I wasn't factoring that in. I just like, I, but I was devastated. Man. I was like, and I had to give what I had to. I had to give a dried pinto bean to a teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, you know what? Yeah, that was that's a good story. That wasn't even the one I was that you, you never told me that before about oh. the beans. <laughs> <laughs> I must have told you about one of the other. Yeah, but that was good. No, the other one was about um, like you had to draw a picture, like read a. You had to read something 
I think, and uh, uh, I don't remember exactly. It was something like that. It had to do with reading comprehension or or something like that. And you you drew a picture, but then the teacher said, "That's not, you know, oh, that's, <laughs> not, that's not what you were supposed to do." Yeah, yeah. All right, that's <laughs> you. You want that one as well? Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, so so that first first being story was at the elementary school I was at till second grade, and this one was clearly fifth grade. This is the, the second elementary school I went to in growing up, and the teacher was uh, uh, gave everybody uh, a, a paper that had a picture on it. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff going on in this picture. Just, you know, like de- a deer or antelope or something driving a car. There's an elephant like <laughs> selling cotton candy. You know, there's a road. There's right. like yeah, you know, all this stuff is going on. And <laughs> and she she gives us the assignment like describe the describe the image. And uh, <laughs> man, I just like I look at that thing and I I get into it. I'm like. Oh, I'm gonna tell a story here, and I start talking. Mean, I'm talking about this whole animal society. I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got all these things that have happened. I've got backstories for the antelope. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like having a tough day. I, I, I think I described like one thing in the picture, which was like maybe some financial transaction that was taking place. It's really, right. It's hard, but I, I remember like I wrote like page. And like for me in fifth grade, a page that was a big deal. Yeah, and uh, and I turned that in, and I'm like, yeah, I'm proud as can be. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get that back, and I get I don't know whatever the F equivalent is, a frowny face or whatever. Yeah. I get that returned, and she said, <laughs> I said describe the image or something like that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and so she And you wrote, like, like, a narrative or something. And I wrote a narrative. I wrote, yeah, like, yeah. A, yeah, I wrote a story. I didn't describe the image at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you know, I mean, but, you know, this is a... I, I think this is a really good uh, example because what's, what's she doing, right? Like, why does she see feel that it's so important to correct you on this, right? To give you this, this feedback that's going to establish a boundary. Like what is the boundary that, that she's establishing and what kind of control is she establishing? Right. And it's, you know, it's, you know, typical, which is like you, you didn't read the, you, in the, the instructions, right. You didn't follow the right. instructions. Right. Yeah. And, and, and probably she's also thinking, well, he needs, he's going to need to know the difference between descriptive writing and like, you know, right. telling a story or narrative. And like in her mind, she's delivering this shock Right to train yeah. you to yeah. to respect these conventions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> pay, because you were, pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention <laughs> and like yeah, and don't you know don't cross these boundaries. You you transgressed basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, but I would have I would have preferred a shock. I can tell you, <laughs> <laughs> a frowny face or losing a bean. <laughs> For, for, just in case any of y'all care, yeah. shock me before you take a bean. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And they're like, but if you think about what you what you actually did, right? Like you looked at the picture and it inspired you, right? And you you just right. you knew you like. I guess you know the degree to which you you did what you were supposed to do is what you you looked at the picture and then you wrote something, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right, like related yeah. to the picture, right? Yeah, and. But what you did was was so much more natural. It was something you were like excited about, and you, yeah, it benefited from it. Had value to you, and it was probably, you know, a really um, valuable learning experience and practice. You know, like to practice your writing and expression and your imagination and exercising those things. But in the end, like it, you know, had no value. Right in in the, in the system, and it, it's kind of you know like I relate this. I think about this as like with with a, a dog in human society. How many things is the dog doing that um, just arise from it naturally? That actually has some value, you know, from a dog's perspective. Right, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But in in the context of human society, it's unacceptable. Right, right. Yeah. And there's some other priority because this dog is in this context some other boundary that that must be established and enforced right at the cost of whatever and oh, man. yeah <laughs> uh, this this is hitting me <laughs> uh, 
Sorry. But I, let me tell a story now that you, you, I, I've you, got you, some, you, I've got yeah, some go fellow feeling with my dog now, which is not what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get to this egalitarian <laughs> situation. No, but, but the, yeah. see, this is, I, I think the the thing is, is like control is necessary. Like boundaries right, are right. necessary. Yeah. And, and sometimes those boundaries are going to conflict with some natural inclination when it comes to dogs and when it comes to to human beings and that's why you know I brought up the question of like maybe it's it's unethical to domesticate dogs I don't think it is like I'm not claiming that it is but but like if you decide that it's not then there has to be some control right right the right. control is necessary and um unless humans are just willing to just like change their expectations <laughs> you know <laughs> and allow dogs to just be completely natural you know, in human society, but I don't think that's, you know, that's not likely to happen. And uh, so, but I think it's the same thing with, with um, children and students and young people that there are things that, that adults are aware of and know that are important and for the well-being of the child that have to be enforced, right? And that have to be controlled, you know, just like some very simple things have to do with just the physical safety of the child. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we can all, uh, I think everyone could agree that, I mean, and this is similar to, to <laughs> with the dog too, is that if a child is doing something that's, that's uh, an imminent threat to its, you know, to his, her, her physical well-being, then you have to, you have to stop the child from doing that. Right. Yeah. And you have to use, even physically stop them. And um, so now, but I think it's, it, the question becomes less clear when we're talking about things that are cultural things that are further in the future, things that have to do with uh, when, where we're narrowing choices that, you know, that's, that could be interpreted as unnecessarily narrowing those, those choices or options, like in this case of this assignment, right? Well, it's, it's like, it, it, yeah. it's case, it's like cases where you're, you're saying like, oh, I understand this and I need to help you understand how to control your behavior, but it's, it's really a, a, a it's a charade, right? It's, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, there's, I guess there's a, <laughs> I'm trying not to be upset about my frowny face, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, uh, but, but, but to what, like, to what end, like, was there nothing that, that could have been directed toward, uh, and like, I, I think, I, I think what I would get to, I'm trying to figure out, yeah, I think what I would get to is, is that we habituate ourselves to the control. Yeah. Like we, that, that's where the problem is, 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 is the problem isn't that we control behaviors of young people. The problem is, is that we habituate ourselves, I think, oftentimes, or, or we systematize that control. Yeah. And institutionalize uh, it, and and so, yeah, and, and and suddenly it's not so much that we're controlling it for the benefit of of the young person. We're just controlling it, yeah, and and we're doing it by whatever sort of subtle means that we can conjure up, be it uh, uh, beans, frowny faces, or just <laughs> you know grades, right? Right, yeah, right. <laughs> since yeah. since we can't put shock collars on students. Right, that's, you know that that's what we uh, that's what we do. Yeah, and yeah. So that that's where I feel like the it, it, yeah, it's just like the just like the training of a dog or, or or anything. Of course, there's situations where physically stopping, you know, harming the harming someone else a little bit in order to you know prevent them from getting an imminent danger is understandable. Yeah, uh, but it shouldn't be preferred. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I a few examples of of my own early schooling have have come into my mind. Um I'm trying to okay, I have an example that's kind of like yours, you know, where I was doing some I had I engaged in some behavior that to me was just kind of innocent and not really, you know, uh bad and shouldn't be punished, but then I got punished for it, right? Right. Or something <laughs> like that. But then I have actually other examples, so maybe these are better, like contrasting with yours, because yours show how you know what a good kid you were, <laughs> you know, good, and how <laughs> yeah, imaginative kid, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything my mom told me is true, <laughs> right? Uh, but I like um, I have a couple where you know I flew under the radar as a good kid, you know. Yeah, and, we, <laughs> we can all go back to the plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean this is earlier than that. Yeah, but that's okay. a good. That's one. Yeah, that's one for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if the right result came from that. 
But, <laughs> <laughs> but so I got away with some things without without the you know being having to suffer the the system's you know sort of punishments or consequences for those things. Um, like one example. But I kind of hesitated because, like, yeah, they were kind of cruel. You know, like, it makes me, yeah. Hopefully I've, you know, I, I grew out of this, just to reassure all the listeners when they hear these examples. Okay, so one was when I was in kindergarten or first grade. And, um, you know, we had these plastic chairs, right? But they were pretty hard plastic chairs. And on the seat of the, the chair, you could see, I guess they're like rivets. You know, like round, sure, yeah. shiny yeah. metal things that go into the to the the legs, the leg structure. You yeah, know, yeah, underneath yeah. underneath the seat. And um, you know, so like I, I was, I don't know, feeling kind of mischievous that day. And um, I noticed that those rivets looked a lot like um, the the head of a of a pushpin. You know, like a right. shiny metal, smooth. You know, like right, ones yeah. that, that are you know. And um, and I thought to myself. If even if if there were a pushpin on the seat, even if the pin were facing up, it would be hard for anyone to to notice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just like, are, 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 continue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most classical, like, yeah, kid gag ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And, but and I, you, I'm, you still, I'm, still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a shocked and appalled that I did this. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, you know, there were some of those pushpins on the teacher's desk, I think, or something. So I took one and the kid who sat, you know, next to me or whatever, I, I put it. OK, so there were four of the rivets, you know, like in each corner, like in a, in a square kind of shape. Right. right? Yeah. So <laughs> I thought, well, if there's one in the middle, who's going to notice? Right. Like, it'll just seem like, you know, right. it's going to be like, hey, there's only supposed to be four. <laughs> right? So I put one in the, in the very center of the chair. And yeah, like I, you know, probably from cartoons or something, you know, right. where there's the gag where somebody sits in there like, oh, and then, you know, nothing really, there's no really consequence, like Tom right. and Jerry or something. Right. Uh, but so the kid came into the, you know, he came to his chair and instead of sitting like, you know, putting his, his seat on the chair, like sitting uh, uh, normally. Like squarely, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he did the thing where you, you put your knee down on the chair oh. first, you know, like you're standing next to the chair and you, you, you put your right. knee on yeah. it. Yeah, and he put his knee directly in the center oh <laughs> of the God. chair. Yeah, and that that pushpin like went into his his knee, and he yeah, and he was he you know started crying and everything. You know, it just came right out. Like it wasn't like right. You know, yeah, it didn't cause any serious like damage or anything. But um, I was, I and and I remember I was in horror when I saw that because somehow right. to me like if you sit on it, it goes into his and it was you know behind. Like that's no big deal. That's just like in the cartoons, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, what happened to this kid? You know, I was just like, I, I felt so immediately. I felt terrible. Right. Right. Like about yeah. doing this, uh, and um, and I, I, I'm, you know, the memory, the details are not that clear. But I'm pretty sure I confessed like immediately. You know, to the teacher, I was like, you know, I did that. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't know. You know, <laughs> I didn't right, know yeah. it was going to be so bad. And then uh, I didn't get punished, as far as I remember, right? Um, and and I, I, I'm sure that part of the reason I wasn't punished is because my teacher, I was a very quiet kid, right? Yeah. And, um, and all my teachers always just considered me like such a good kid, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that was just my reputation. And right. so like if I had been like, you know, known as a mischievous kid by the teachers, I'm sure I would have received, you know, lots of, you know, gone to the principal's office, probably they would have called my parents and all kinds of things. But none of that stuff happened, and I think part of it was because I showed so much remorse, also. And uh, but anyway, my point is, is that I didn't get punished at all, right? So, but but like, I still have that memory of doing that. I still have a memory of how bad I felt, and this is just like a totally natural consequence of that, you know? Yeah. And and uh, yeah. So anyway, it's just just an example of how it's like the opposite of what happened to you, right? Like I actually did something bad. <laughs> right and like there was a natural consequence to it and it was very effective right although i, I went on to hurt other kids later on you know like in different you know, a few what? different other what? scenarios <laughs> but I, I can think of two other examples you know throughout my <laughs> elementary elementary school God. career this is terrible <laughs> i'm sorry and i like I was, you know <laughs> it's just 
like like I, I'm assuming since we're taught laughing about hurting kids that these were other the stupid pranks that you did were yeah well yeah one it? yeah one was like I mean I just I punched you know uh, my friend <laughs> you know which I feel bad about calling him my friend but like we were standing in line waiting to go to recess <laughs> you don't feel bad about punch yeah <laughs> you feel bad about calling him your friend Continue, just be, yeah because That's I punched great. him yeah yeah I don't I feel like I don't have the right you know to call oh, him oh okay friend. I got you. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I punched him, you know, like in the stomach. I think, you know, these are all, it was just sort of, maybe I can blame this on violent cartoons, actually, because <laughs> because I think, you know, typically in my mind, these were just things that, you know, uh, were like, yeah, inconsequential, you know, like physical things. Yeah, like sitting on a pin, you know, hitting somebody. So I, I punched him in, you know, like kind of in the stomach. And yeah. he, uh, I think it took the wind out of him. And so he was like really, you know, like, uh, like you know, he had that that response right when you when right, you yeah. get the wind knocked out of you, and the teacher came by, <laughs> and and again like it was it's so crazy, but like he he said you know uh, like Jonathan hit me, and the teacher l- actually said no Jonathan wouldn't do that, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and like that really stuck. With, I didn't I don't think I confessed to that one. <laughs> But like, but like, it really stuck with me, you know, like, uh, uh, and then there was another situation where this was in the playground and this was like in fifth grade. It was like, we were like older and I was just kind of, we were just kind of rough playing and I, I, I got this, I put this kid in a headlock and, and then like I, and this was from watching, you know, WWF at the time wrestling, right? like <laughs> WrestleMania and all this. This is literally, I know that that's where this came from because I, I put him in a headlock and I kind of uh, made his head hit the, the like the playground equipment you know god <laughs> sorry maybe we'll cut this out if it's if you think it's too <laughs> too shocking uh but and i didn't like no teacher was involved but but just seeing what ha- like it hurt his head right like and and like and like he was upset afterwards and i felt really bad you know like yeah. and so like in all these situations like i felt terrible about hurting someone else and I saw, like, you know, the like in both cases, in all three of these cases, I didn't going into it. I didn't make the connection, like that this was going to lead to, you know, like pain and hurt for that right. person, right? And but then I saw it very clearly, and then you know, I felt bad about it. And yeah, I mean, I, I like, I think it's telling that that these, you know, these three things really stand out in my mind. Like, like I, I, I hard don't have that many other memories, <laughs> you know, from school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um. But anyway, yeah, those are my stories. But they, I think they're they're examples of how these things, these boundaries, can get established naturally, right? Right, right. Um, whereas if I had some beans, <laughs> right, and and, well, it, and did these things, and then the you know the beans were taken from me, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, who well, knows? Well, it's interesting. Whether, I, yeah. I think the one where the teacher says, "Oh, Jonathan wouldn't do that," is similar to the beans, just from the standpoint of like. The the system is in place, you know, presumably, to make sure that the, the boundaries or the conventions are at least established. Yeah. And uh, you have sort of, well, certainly a failure on, on the one with yours. I don't know. I, maybe I was acting rambunctiously with the bean. <laughs> Just, I, I, I mean, I, I have to... I have to I have to give the teachers at least one you know, <laughs> maybe one victory today. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh but right. yeah, it's like um But I I think I guess to me what happened to you would leave me and, uh, and even right now leaves me with the feeling of like this arbitrary this is unfair. It it feels unjust, right? Like the thing with the beans and then also the the reaction to your writing, right? Like well, of um, course, that feels unjust. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, the thing with the beans too, because it's it's like you you know getting you so to value these you know uh, appealing right right see, yeah yeah like kind of exploiting the fact that you would get so bought into this system right, right? yeah and then yeah. and to to the extent where you're valuing these beans so much it, and that like losing one is going to be so devastating right it's less about the the whether or not my behavior was appropriate it's more about <laughs> this mechanism the system yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah, the shock yeah. collar right yeah i got you in a way yeah yeah um but yeah those yeah. those those you know sort of can create a feeling of of you know having been uh unjustly treated right whereas right. mine don't have that at all like it's it's um 
it's you really the the uh yeah I'm, I don't want to say opposite because logically it's probably not opposite <laughs> but yeah it's very it contrasts with it quite a bit because the desired effect the desired result you know what would theoretically be desired as the result of 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 that crossing of lines that I did definitely happened without any kind of intervention of of any kind of artificial uh structure or mechanism no the, yeah and the artificial structure in one case clearly almost derailed it right <laughs> right yeah yeah so yeah i was a bad i was kind of a bad kid you know but i was like you know uh what do you call it um uh low-key i was a low-key bad kid like i didn't yeah. really get in trouble but yeah i wasn't I yeah didn't have, i didn't have the best behavior yeah, you're one of those, man. I I, w- I would have I would have spotted you across the playground, man. Right away, man, you know, that's one of those guys. Like, it's, yeah, don't hang out with him, good kid. Yeah, don't hang out with him. You're gonna kid. lose your beans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I <wouldn't... laughs> He'll never lose a bean, but everyone around him will be losing beans. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean. um Actually, we did end up focusing on on kind of more simple behaviors as things being controlled. But I, I just wanted to just to mention this. I don't think we have time to really go too deep into it. But I guess we kind of alluded to it with the, you know, when you get to high school or when you get to college or when you get yeah. to the real world, this is going to matter. That's where it comes to more of those things where, um, you know, you're going to need to know this or, uh, you know, you're going to be need to be able to do this. And, and more of those higher order things that um, also constrain individuals quite a bit. Uh, you know, I guess your your example of the writing is is an example of that, where it's like creativity and being inspired ends up being punished in a way, right? Right. Uh, whereas, and and the message that you get is that you know follow the instructions, <laughs> right? And that's the only acceptable. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. only acceptable response. Yeah, and that's yeah, and for sure when when doing taxes, you should follow your instructions. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on standardized exams, you know. Yeah, well, you know, all that's like, yeah. it's all just getting you ready to do your taxes. Right, to do your taxes, yeah. When you're in the real world, you know, and your boss tells you to do something, you better do it exactly like they said. <laughs> yeah. And doing well, your taxes. There's, there's probably more to this, but, uh, um, but yeah, I think the 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 basic idea i was glad that you you're willing to explore it with me because when i was when i was reading about the collar wise on the dog i was like yeah this is this is what we're doing sometimes right yeah we're, we're yeah. managing we're managing the ignorance of the corrective measures uh so that yeah so that they don't know how to so that students don't know how to run free from them right right they won't know when they're gone and i think that's like uh I, if I was like, if I'm going to like really put a point on it, it's like, uh, and, and I feel like in my own experience, I think I already mentioned this in one of the previous episodes. It's like in my own experience, uh, when I went from being in college to being a paid <laughs> like professional, right? like I, I was kind of shocked that I got a paycheck after a couple of weeks of like work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, why is this happening? Like this is <laughs> right. way easier than college. And now I'm getting paid. Right. And uh and like and I could even like slack off and I'd get paid just the same. And it was like I suddenly like I'm like twenty two and I'm starting to realize, oh, there's these corrective measures that are like aren't there anymore right yeah. uh, and maybe haven't been there for a long time and i'm just now like i'm just now seeing it, right uh, you know in terms of grades and things like that so yeah and i think what happens to a lot of students and these are the ones who seem jaded and you know cynical and uh, and unmotivated about school is that early like you know, earlier than others, they realize that this is a game that they're being forced to play, right? Right. And so they yeah. they play it to the minimum extent <laughs> possible, you know, to still be allowed to to continue. And those are the ones who are just you know waiting to graduate. They're just doing whatever minimum amount they need to to you know to to pass their classes and and to get the credits they need to graduate. And that's a whole different world, you know, of of like. And I, I think those are a, a a big part of that is being becoming collar wise right and in, right. in, in the way a student can which 
you know, we could say becoming wise to to the game of school and how these different mechanisms are used to uh, to control student behavior. And uh, there's, you know, it naturally for humans. I don't know if this happens for dogs, but humans resent that, right? When you when you realize that that you're being controlled in yeah. a sort of arbitrary way, according to you know, you've been kind of deceived. We we see it as a, a type of deception, right? And um, and it, it I think it really turns a lot of people off uh, to school, maybe until they graduate and then they get older, and then they just see that as a rite of passage, right? Young people yeah. just need to be, <laughs> you know, deceived, yeah, just, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, then yeah, then uh, then education takes on a whole nother like cultural meaning which is not yeah. <laughs> which is less to do with like learning anything and more to do with the rite of passage like right yeah. yeah yeah well all right sean thanks for you know letting us use the example of your struggles and challenges <laughs> training your dog <laughs> to get another to I, get yeah. another episode <laughs> you bet thanks for the multiple confessions of <laughs> yeah <laughs> of your of your yeah. antics in elementary school <laughs> 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 Man, you, you might be in hotter water than I am with this. <laughs> yeah, I hope the I hope that tat kid is listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Sh- I mean, I don't know how many times I apologized to him that day. That should suffice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if not, yeah, I'm really am. I'm still sorry when I when I think back yeah. on that. I, I really apologize. Yeah. I hope he doesn't hold it against me. Yeah, yeah. and the kid I punched and the kid I, uh, you know. <laughs> slam into playground equipment. Yeah. 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 All right. I, I need to stop. I need to stop. Because I'm starting to feel like sadistic here. Like, why am I laughing at this? So, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah. There's because it's yeah. long ago. Right. It's long ago. And now we're big time education podcasters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Suddenly. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Sean. Uh, so we thank our listeners again for joining us, and thank you, Sean, for the great conversation. All right. Thanks, John.